Hey, good evening. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Crystal Silence League Hour. I'm your host, the jovial Reverend John St. Germain. Welcome to episode 117. Whoever would have assumed I would have lived long enough to see this day, especially in this world. You know what? I have 125 cinder blocks, 8 bags of mortar, 4 rebar, and a ton of sand sitting in my yard. What for, you ask? Well, to, to build my fallout shelter, my, my bunker. Uh, actually, it's to build uh, retaining walls in my uh, basement, which I guess is the same as building a um, fallout shelter or a bunker. Um, join me in just about a minute with a cold and frosty beverage, and we'll go further into this paranoid delusion of mine. Um, stick with us. We'll be back in a minute. Oh, back so soon. Um, I'm sitting here watching the spinning wheel of death in our chat room. I can't get the chat to load. And, of course, every week we play blog talk roulette to see which of the many uh, glitches of blog talk will happen. Some weeks we can't log on. Last week I couldn't get Skype to dial in, so I was working on my cell phone, which is always fun because uh, my headphone for my cell phone um, is uh, just a regular headset. Unlike the broadcast quality microphone, uh, which you're enjoying now, which I think is a much higher quality uh, broadcast, although we have a kind of a low-level uh, <laughs> JPEG, uh, uh, lo-fi type thing on Blog Talk. So this is kind of like shooting an elephant gun in a gnat, I think. But the problem with my cell phone headset is it hits my beard, so you get this kind of... Uh, thing like this going. I, can, I don't know if I can do it on this microphone. It's got a windscreen. But the little uh, mouthpiece hits my beard a lot and you get this scratch, 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 scratch sound. And anytime I'm on the Lucky Mojo hour in chat, it's like, I hear a bumping. I hear scratching. I hear a rustling sound from these uh, hypersensitive psychic types. And it's like, dudes, you know, it's it's my headset hitting my beard. I can't help it. I'm not going to shave just to be on the radio show. But, you know, with a Skype um, setup that I have with this uh, really nice radio setup, um, you know, with the boom mic basically is what I have. Um, I'm six inches in front of the microphone, and that sort of thing just doesn't happen. Um, but sometimes I can't dial in with Skype, and uh, I have to use at the last minute, mind you. You can only dial in 15 minutes before showtime. It won't let you log in before then. So I'm scrambling furiously to try to solve problems. All of, all of the LMC radio hosts deal with this, too. There are times right before showtime we're thinking, how in the hell can we get in? So you see, we struggle to bring you these high-quality spiritual programs quite frequently. But right now I'm looking at the flash room, the flash module that's our chat room, the spinning wheel of death just going round and round and round. So I don't know if anybody's in chat. I don't know if you're having trouble getting in chat because I have no way of communicating with you. I don't know. Now, I'll tell you, we are a uh, call-in program. And if you do want to call in um, to tell us your various uh, woes of your own, what kind of uh, roulette do you play with your life, uh, you can always call at 657-383-0525. Press 1, a little question mark appears by your name. And I'll give you your 15 seconds of fame on the air. And you can talk all you want. But right now we're talking about the five astral senses, not the senses that you have in the physical body, you know, sight, hearing, taste, smell, touch, things like that. We're not even talking about the sixth sense, ESP. That's a physical sense, mind reading, things like that. But the astral senses, the astral senses... Those senses that are associated with the astral body, something far beyond the physical. This exists on the astral channel, something much more subtle than the physical senses. We talked about this, how telepathy, mind reading, is a physical phenomena, something of the brain. And how astral clairvoyance, astral psychometry, psychomancy, is 
these are phenomena of the astral sense. Nothing to do with the physical body, although they often are manifested through the physical body. However, they are manifested uh, and activate through the astral plane. We talked about psychomancy. We talked about psychometry. And uh, we're going to go further tonight. And... Um, um, uh, see some ways to develop this through the use of the crystal ball. Um, for those of you who are new listeners, this is the Crystal Silence League Hour. We are a organ of the Crystal Silence League, which is founded around sometime between 1917 and 1920 by Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of distributing and projecting a positive affirmation and prayer for those who need it. And when he passed into the silence around 1954, the league went with him until around 2009 or so. Adepts of Missionary Independent Spiritual Church brought it back online via the internet, where you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And we have a gift shop, and you can buy various books there, um, and crystals, and gifts, and crystal balls. And any purchase there gets you one-year membership in the Crystal Silence League. You'll also see that we have prayers there on the prayer petition page. Prayer is always free, no charge for prayers. That would be just terrible. And if you post a prayer on the Crystal Silence League, hundreds of people will pray for you. We get hundreds of prayers, really, about 200 a week posted there. And you will be prayed for. And uh, many, of us, many of us who are pastors pray for you. We also have a newsletter, which is woefully late. I'm the editor. Um, it's usually about two months behind. I apologize for that. And um, you can subscribe to that. It's also free. And lots of information on crystal gazing and the use of crystals in that newsletter. So it's my um, custom to read aloud some of those prayers. But first, let's talk about our crystal of the month, which is rose quartz, one of the classics. And I will tell you that rose quartz uh, is a... Uh, uh, a form of quartz that has uh, infusions in it that give it a uh, rosy pink color. It resonates with the heart chakra. And um, it is uh, uh, often used in love work. It's used to help open the heart chakra to uh, uh, clear it of emotional wounds or emotional hurt that blocks the person to accepting and giving love. Uh, it helps clear up anger and resentment. It helps... Uh, open person to not only uh, human love, but to divine love as well. It's a mothering stone. It helps people who have mother issues. It helps people nurture themselves and others. It, um, <clears throat> it is a, um, a very common course. It's not very expensive to get. Uh, sometimes it's pale pink, sometimes a medium pink, sometimes very deep and rich pink. Uh, sometimes it's uh, clear. Sometimes it's uh, uh, translucent. Sometimes quite opaque. And um, it is um, um, occasionally you hold it up to the um, light and it will have a cat's eye or a star effect. Um, it's, um, um, oh gosh, there's just so much about it. Um, you can, um, it's often used to treat colic in babies. It, um, it can ease tensions between lovers. That's why it's often formed into a heart-shaped uh, medallion. It can be placed uh, under the bed or under the pillow or under the mattress um, to help ease marital or relationship problems. It can help troubled sleep because it helps ease nightmares. A very calming crystal. Um, it, um, it can help uh, environments with gossip and evil talk, it can help ease that as well. Um, making an infusion of it's very simple. Quartz is extremely hard. It's uh, silicon dioxide, I think, um, which is glass, basically. Um, so you can put it in a glass of water, let it um, steep under the sun or under the moon, and uh, add a few drops of brandy in the water. You'll take the stone out, and you can anoint the chakras, you can anoint yourself. You can sprinkle it in your environment. You can uh, uh, use it in spell work. 
it makes a uh, a long enduring elixir that keeps its potency for a long time. Um, so that's rose quartz. If you go to our um, prayer page or prayer petition page at www.crystalsilencelink.org, you will see many, many, many prayers. You can go there right now if you like and pray along with me. I don't, pr- you, I don't pray all the prayers. I select them um, as spirit moves me, as, as spirit guides me. And uh, I'm going to take a little drink of water. I've been working very hard today. I actually get up at 5.30 in the morning every day and uh, take my granddaughter, get my new granddaughter ready, take her to her school. She's in pre-K now. <clears throat> then I start my day doing my prayers and petitions and my candle work. Then I do readings probably uh, six hours a day, pick my granddaughter up from school, um, continue uh, time with my family and some work, and then on days like Tuesday, uh, do my radio show. So usually on a Tuesday, I'm working from 5.30 in the morning till about 10 o'clock at night. So my voice tends to get a little dry. Uh, for a 60-year-old man, I'm, I'm a minch. Also today, uh, I put together, <laughs> I bought and assembled a cement mixer for my, uh, I thought I was kidding about the cinder block wall. We're building cinder block walls. Basically, I have a 125-year-old house, and uh, the basement is a hole in the ground. You know how those old dirt basements are? You go in my basement, you're looking at the earth. It's dirt. And... Uh, that dirt is supporting the columns that support my house. And um, over 125 years, that dirt has shifted. So I'm building cement block walls, retaining walls to hold that dirt up, which in turn is holding my house up. So me and my neighbor are doing that ourselves. And so we bought the block, bought the cement. And you can rent a cement mixer for $50 a day, or I can buy a cement mixer for $200, which is what I did. So I now own a cement mixer. So hey, if you need some cement mixed and poured, I'm the man to come to. I provide your spiritual needs and your masonry needs as well. So there you go. Let's read some prayers. I don't read these by name, although I see your names. I see your pictures and a handsome lot you are, um, most of you. Um, I do prayer ID numbers, so why don't we just start with that. Let's dive right in. You pray with me. You have your crystal balls, project love and healing pr- Energies to the following people. Prayer ID 65638. Who says, please pray for my dad's health. One after another times he gets sick. He gets sick. I lost my mom unexpectedly and dad is alone. I want to bring him to my home, spend some time together as he's emotionally and physically down. I've been requesting him to stay with me for a holiday. Dad is scared. He doubts if he gets more sick due to travel. I don't want to leave him alone like this. His health gets worse without proper food and care. Please pray that God gives him courage and he changes his mind. Amen. And prayer ID 65637. Please pray for healing of my body and I want to come back to the Lord Jesus. Amen. And prayer ID 65636. So they say bumpy roads are still roads that go places. My housing situation has been up in the air for a while, just hoping I can make it through everything okay. No more distractions. Please just keep guiding me clearly and safely. Thanks for providing everything. Many hugs and kisses, and amen. Prayer ID 65635. Please pray I will feel joy again. Amen. Prayer ID 65634. I shall receive $1,300 back from deposit from T. No problems. No having to go to court. Thank you. Amen. That's a confident prayer. Prayer ID 65633. I shall pass CPC, CCP certification with no problem. This shall come very easily. Stress-free for me. I love my new career and make excellent money. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 65631, please pray that K and C attract and keep true friends easily everywhere they go. Everyone accepts and loves C and C unconditionally. Everyone is warm and loving to them. Everyone treats K and C with kindness, with dignity, and with respect. K and C are surrounded with love and kindness. All of this are even better for K and C. May you be blessed for praying for us. Amen. Prayer ID 65630. 
pray for my attorney to start back getting my settlement payments in each month from the real estate agent for my payments to be consistent, money windfalls, and increase the money coming to me monthly and weekly to come out of debt and poverty. May it be so. Amen. Prayer ID 65629. Please protect me from dark forces and negative influences. Dear Lord and our Savior, protect me from dark energies, negative influences, people, entities, or spirits who wish me harm and all manner of things. Protect me now and always in your name, I pray. Amen. And prayer ID 65628. Please protect my baby and make sure that he or she is born healthy and whole. Amen. And prayer ID 65627. We've been seemingly stuck in our current place of residence. I knew the moment we got here I needed to find a way out. We've been here for two years in this toxic, racist, stagnant place, and we need to move forward. I can't help but feel that something is holding us here. We're on the waiting list for a new apartment. Please pray that we get our new apartment as soon as possible and that no lasting damage is done as a result of living here so long. We're in great need. Thank you all. Amen. Prayer ID 65626. Please let one of the people that I've reached out to provide me with a reference soon so that I can get the job I need to get to support myself. Amen. Prayer ID 65625. Please pray that Brandon, oh, that BK attracts and keeps true friends easily everywhere he goes, that everyone accepts and loves BK unconditionally, that everyone is warm and loving to him, that everyone treats B with kindness, with dignity, and with respect, that B is surrounded with love and kindness. All of this are even better for B. May you be blessed for praying for us. Amen. Prayer ID 65624. Please help me keep my marriage strong. We've been going through a few months of issues and arguing over my toxic in-laws. Please help my husband stay true to our marriage and love me unconditionally. Help us overcome struggles and communicate better. Please help. Only been married for one year, but together for eight years. I love my husband and want him to want to stay together and for us to work out our issues. Amen and thank you. Let's just do a couple more. Pray ready six five six two three. Please pray for the love of my life to come back to me. I miss this man so much, and I love him with every fiber of my being. Please pray that all obstacles that are keeping us apart be removed, and for this wonderful man and I to be together. I know that this man is my soulmate. Please pray for us. Amen. And prayer ID 65622. Please pray for his protection in all ways. S and P. Amen. And now, why don't we have just a moment of silent prayer for all those in need of comfort and support and affirmation and healing.
Amen. If any of you guys are in chat, you know, let me know via Ouija board or crystal ball projection. Uh, send an astral tube my way or something, and let me know because I sure as heck can't get it to load. Further lessons in psychomancy. Um, let's talk about crystal gazing. And I'll tell you that uh, crystal gazing is a topic that comes and goes. Sometimes it's very popular, and sometimes you never hear about it. Uh, I, I can tell you that if you do a search now, there are many, many people posing with a crystal ball. And I wonder how many people actually use one. Uh, lots of publicity shots of psychics and uh, stage mentalists show people with a crystal ball. And I wonder how many people actually use them. You know, if they actually uh, perform crystallomancy. Uh, but I'll tell you that... Um, it's a fascinating practice. Crystal gazing is a fascinating practice, and it's a powerful tool. And once you learn to use them, once you start practicing with them, they become, I don't want to say addictive. Yeah, why not? Addictive. Crystal balls can become addictive. And I know people who start working with them never thought about them. I thought they were pretty. They were gigaws, tchotchkes. You know, they just got them and had them for decoration. And once they started working with them, Oh, my goodness, they couldn't get enough of them. Have them in every color because the color of a crystal ball makes a big difference in its uh, potentiality. Um, and, uh, and I'll tell you that it, it's kind of um, amusing to people who've made a study of scrying and psychomancy and psychic techniques because crystal gazing is not a distinct phenomenon necessarily but a method of developing psychomantic faculties. Um, the, the crystal can act as an associated object in meditation and psycho psychometry, but there's also uh, a very distinct point, which you shouldn't be overlooked by any uh, practitioner or student of the astral senses, uh, and that is this crystal can give you a starting point for the astral tube, and it also serves to point the astral telescope or the astral tube in the right direction. The crystal ball can also be used for projection, for attraction, for healing, and for scrying. But the crystal doesn't act um, in an ordinary manner of psychometry because it's not a living thing or a magical object in its, in its, um, um, in its own right, but it's like a magic mirror because you can turn it in any direction, being a sphere, right? You can turn it in any direction. It's, it's uh, omnidirectional, and it will reflect whatever comes in its field, just like any mirror. But it's a round mirror. It's a spherical mirror. So the trained uh, seer can direct this magic mirror, the crystal ball, in any direction, at any time, in any place, through concentrated will. So the favor with 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 the crystal gazing among occultists, um, it's the easiest method, basically in which astral vision can be awakened. It's rather than just uh, uh, sitting in the lotus position and trying to cast your astral vision uh, in any direction, the crystal ball is the easiest way to begin. And um, so the with the majority of people, this uh, astral power, this astral sense, uh, can be awakened only by the aid of a physical object, which can act as a starting point for the astral tube uh, the astral telescope, the uh, astral um, projection of some sort. Um, it's got to be a convenient um, focus for the willpower. Uh, many people have used scrying devices forever. Uh, black mirrors, uh, shiny objects, crystal balls, uh, black balls, or as I told you uh, in one case, um, a, a teacup with the inside of it painted black filled with water. 
So uh, lots of objects can be employed, but the crystal or, or a glass ball seems to be the best uh, and preferred tool because of certain uh, crystal arrangements, the molecular arrangement, um, which seems to promote the ease of the development of the psychic abilities and faculties. So crystal gazing as a method for inducing or developing the psychomantic abilities uh, has been common in every culture uh, in every time. Not only the crystal, but other objects are used. Um, so, uh, you know, in Australia, the, the native shamans used water uh, uh, in bowls uh, and sometimes flames. In New Zealand, they used drops of blood. So um, they used black stones, uh, uh, shiny bits of uh, quartz. Uh, there you go, just ever. Uh, lots of ink, drops of blood, uh, bowls of water, a pond, water in a glass bowl, uh, just about anything. Um, so uh, I'll tell you that um, you can give... Um, a glass ball to virtually anybody, and if they stare in it long enough, they're going to see something. Um, I saw uh, this example. I had a, a friend who was struggling with, gosh, a long time ago, we were in our 20s. He was struggling with uh, becoming sober, struggling with alcohol. And just on an impulse, I gave him one of my glass balls. It was not an expensive glass ball at all. It was, it was just a glass ball. That, that was used for decoration. You know, they use them as uh, on the feet of bathtubs, and I bought a box of them at a clearance sale. It's like a green glass ball, like a Coke bottle glass, and I gave it to him, and I said, uh, here, this is for you. I said, whenever you feel the need to drink, I want you to stare into this and concentrate. And uh, he started seeing images in it, and uh, he told me his uh, grandmother would look at him and comfort him and he would. He said he saw a picture frame uh, with a scarf tied around it, and I said, well, "What does that mean to you?" And he said, "I really don't know." Then the the picture became the picture of his grandmother. Then she started talking to him and comforting him, and he realized that was a scarf that belonged to his grandmother. Anyway, a lot of pictures appeared in this crystal ball to him. So, um, and he had never done anything like this before. So, so even just people who never trained will start to see things in a crystal ball. Um, so. Um, there, um, there, there's, uh, there's some people who um, will never see anything in a crystal ball because of what I call negative imagination. And uh, there are people who open their minds to it, and they'll see all kinds of stuff without any training whatsoever. Uh, and I'll tell you that some experimentation with occult matters can be dangerous. Uh, everybody's got a Ouija board story. But crystal gazing seems to be the least dangerous and the simplest. Uh, you're probably not going to conjure up evil spirits looking in a crystal ball. Um, you're not going to open doors into a hell dimension with a crystal ball. Um, you can uh, get a bottle of water and look into it. You can get a glass of water and look into it. It's probably not going to be very dangerous. Um, sometimes playing with a Ouija board can open a door if you're not careful. Not always, not usually, but sometimes. Um uh, and, uh, you know, playing with uh, magic spells can sometimes be dangerous. And uh, sometimes psychometry can be dangerous even. Sometimes you tap into somebody's uh, uh, spirit that's kind of toxic. You take in some of that toxic uh, evil of a person. But crystal gazing is very safe. Uh, I've seen very, I've heard very, very few bad uh, experiences with crystal gazing. So uh, quite often it's a very, very safe uh, and simple form of a projection. Now I'm going to tell you um, some rules about it. Um, sometimes people will uh, make uh, newbie mistakes. They'll take a crystal ball and hold it up to a light source like the sun. Uh, bad, bad move. A crystal ball is basically a burning lens. If you have a big enough crystal ball, it can set you on fire. I have I have a fairly big one. Uh, it's a 44 
millimeter ball. It's about uh, three and a half to four inches in diameter. And uh, it's a very good one. And I carried it in a uh, Crown Royal bag for many years. And I was showing it to some people outside, and it was in the middle of summer. And I took it out of the bag, and I'm standing there talking to him, and it burned a hole in my shirt and almost burned a hole in me. Uh, understand it's a burning lens. It's an optical device. Uh, well, I'm, I was sitting there talking to him. The sun shone through it onto me and burned a hole in me. It set me about set me on fire. So you don't want to hold it up to the sun and look look through it, and you don't want to hold it. You don't want to put a candle on the other side of it and look at a candle through it. If you do hold it up to a light source, the light source should be off to the side. And actually, if you look in a crystal ball, the light source should be behind you. And this is surprising to a lot of people. Um, but all the old instruction books say this. The light source should be behind you if you're doing crystal gazing. Not in front of you, not to the side of you. The light source should be behind you, shining onto the ball from behind. If you don't agree with me, don't argue with me. Argue with the <laughs> the, the people that, that taught this 100 years ago <clears throat> or further. Um, it surprised me, too, when I started researching it. The light source should be behind you. And if you think about it, um, in terms of eye, eye strain and eye fatigue, you don't want the light shining into your eyes through through or reflected off of the crystal ball. Um, don't force it. Don't go into an intense state of concentration. Like meditation, you should have a state of relaxed and joyful expectation. Um, I've uh, I've had students and they're sitting there going, uh, 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 "Come on." Uh. It's like, no, that's not that's not going to happen. You you really have to relax. So, in our last three uh, or four ep discussions and episodes, we've uh, talked about um, a lot. In fact, about the astral tube, um, which to me was very fascinating when I first came across this in occult writings. This whole idea of the astral tube. Uh, I talked about making the tube big enough to walk through. And uh, the idea of this was that once you establish the astral tube and you're, you're looking at the person that you want to uh, observe, expand the astral tube and make an astral tunnel and walk through it and face the person and have a conversation with them. And I talked about this in Crystal Magic, and the idea would be that you would have an interview with them. And some of this was hinted at in some of the works of uh, William Atkinson Walker and Claude Conlon, it was hinted, never actually talked about, but the idea would be, uh, let's say you have a job interview, or there's something you want from somebody. The idea would be that you would have a face-to-face -face interview with them on the astral level. You form a an astral tube. You go through the astral tube and sit down with them on the astral level. This is entirely on the astral level, and you say, just exactly what do I need to say to you to get what I want from you? What conditions have to apply? And they will tell you on the astral level, completely unknown to them in the physical plane, what conditions need to be met to get from them what you want. Now, does this seem to be manipulative and evil to you? Well, it depends on how you use it. You know, if you're using it for strictly personal gain, maybe, maybe it is. Uh, but let's say you really want to get that job and you know you're going to do a good job for that company. You know you're the person for that job and you'll benefit that company. And you just need to get that edge. I'm not sure it's a bad thing. I'm not sure it's a bad thing. Let's say that there's a person you're really trying to help and they're just not letting you help them. And it's a family member and they're getting in trouble. And you sit down with them on the astral level and say, just what do I need to do to get through your thick head. You know, what do I need to do to help you? Let's say you're a spiritual worker and you have a client and you're not making any progress with them. You get on the astral level and say, just what do I need to do to get you out of that relationship that you just won't get out of? What do I need to do to get you to act in your own best interests? So you see, this can be a very potent tool if you're not using it strictly 
for personal gain. I think if you use it strictly for personal gain, um, eventually the karmic debt is going to add up. Use it for personal gain a little bit. Okay, it's fine. Use it for personal gain entirely. I think the power trip is going to um, drive you over a cliff. So let's talk about this astral tube, astral projection sort of thing. Personally, I think astral projection is a waste of your time. I've talked about people tell me, oh, I astral plane all the time. I spontaneously astral plane, astral plane. Uh, I think a lot of people half astral plane, uh, which means they do it in their mind. They're, they're half astral planers. They're half astral projection. I think it's an imaginary thing. Um, a lot of times, you know, people say that they're gifted astral plane. I said, so you can travel out of your body and go places? Yeah, I said, can you make an accurate description of where you go? I said, yeah. I said, okay, so go into my office right now and tell me one unique thing about my office. Because uh, there's something in my office. If you take one look in my office, you should be able to tell me what's on my shelf. It's very, it's very specific. You should be able to tell me something very specific about my office. And then they'll get really, I don't have to prove anything to you. I said, well, I, just, I would just like to be, just be curious. Well, I don't, I said, because if you can really do this, I would like to pay you a whole lot of money to check on something for me. And you know what? One person could. I met one person who could. And he said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And he went and told me exactly what I was looking for in my office. And I believed him that he could do it. But the other 25 or so people who claimed they could astral plane made a wild-ass, half-ass guess and got it wrong. And it's not that I'm a skeptic, but you know what? You know, if you, if you tell me you can do something, I want to see it. If I tell you I can do something and you call me on it, I'll do it for you. You know, I may not – I can't do it 100% of the time, but I can't – nobody can do anything 100% of the time. Um you know, the guy that can run a five-minute mile, sometimes he, he ran a six-minute mile. You know, I'm sorry. You know, the guy that can uh, sink a basket in basketball from midcourt, he can't do it 100% of the time. He can maybe do it 80% of the time. But, you know, if I tell you I can do something, I can do it about 80, 85% of the time. You know, I may not do it 100%, but most of what I can do, I can do 80% of the time. And um, that's enough because I do some amazing stuff. So if you tell me that you can actually travel and uh, describe – because it's hard. That's hard, and it's rare. Come on. If everybody that's on Facebook that says they can astral travel can actually do it, the astral plane is more crowded than Grand Central Station. Don't bullshit me. I just want to see it. And if you can actually do it, I've got work for you. I've got some, I got some work for you. I can, I can put money in your pocket if you can really do it. And if you tell me you're spontaneously astral planning, I just want to see it. I just want to see it. But let's talk about it because it can be developed, and I know people that can do it, and I know a number of Buddhist monks that can do it. They And they say it's a waste of time because if you want to go somewhere and see something, get in your car and go or get on the Internet and look at it. So let's talk about it after station identification or an ITs. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Kendallo's Corner with Kendallo Canvisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And we're back, and we're talking about astral projection. Astral projection 
simply means that the consciousness of the person does not remain within the physical shell. It's actually projected along with the astral body. The astral body leaves the physical body and takes the consciousness with it. To some point in space or time, which is then, phys- which is then um, psychically examined, viewed, uh, witnessed, and it's a very high degree of manifestation than anything we've talked about before. Psychometry is one thing. Astral tube obser- observation is another thing. Um, uh, clairvoyance, uh, clairaudience, that's something else. But leaving the body, projecting your astral body out of the physical body and going to another place in space and time, examining it and coming back, quick as thought. It's as quick as thought. It's instantaneous. It's faster than light. It's quick as thought. You can go from here to Jupiter and back faster than light. It's instantaneous. It's fast as thought. It does not have the physical restrictions of physical time and space. So, it examines objects at a distance. It receives sensations through the astral senses. And remember, there are five of those. So, the astral body can see and touch and hear and taste and smell. Now, sometimes it happens while the person's in a trance or asleep. Uh, it can happen when you're uh, daydreaming, uh, wrapped in thought. Sometimes it happens during stress. Sometimes people do spontaneously astral plane. But then when you return to your body, experience can seem like a daydream or a fantasy, unless, of course, you're trained to, to understand what it is. So many people sometimes do this. Just ordinary people will be jolted into a state of astral projection and then, boom, come back into their body and think they had a daydream or something. Um, Now, if you're trained in it, the two planes of consciousness uh, can be determined uh, and be very closely, the, the two experience, types of experiences have the same amount of reality. That neither, neither seems like a dream state. Um, there are wonderful possibilities uh, along these lines, though. Um, so um, it's said that with enough training, your astral body can take on uh, a solid visibility so that you can bilocate. You can be in two places at once. And this is what uh, Padre Pio was able to do. He could bilocate. And many Tibetan sages, uh, many Tibet- Tibetan lamas, were also able to be in two places or more at the same time uh, through manif- manifesting the astral body in a solid or semi-solid form. So, in other words, I could be sitting here talking to you and send my astral body somewhere else and talk to somebody else in a semi-solid state. Um, Now that might be handy. So, now, you can also search on the astral plane for something that you desire to locate. Um, So, suppose you were trying to find somebody and you had a a piece of something that belonged, a pocket knife or a, a piece of clothing that belonged to somebody, you could go on the astral plane uh, while remaining in your living room. Imagine if Sherlock Holmes could do that and make a search for them. Now, the problem is people who don't have uh, that much development, don't have that much control uh, over the astral body. It just kind of flits about. Uh, they can't project it to a certain time or place. It just goes wandering aimlessly uh, and eventually comes back. Um, so there's many degrees of this. You can have this uh, occasional spontaneous manifestation or the highly trained uh, astral projectionists who travel with um, a great facility uh, on the astral plane. So there, uh, there's a lot in literature that goes back hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of years uh, with illustrations and stories along these lines uh, of uh, gurus, yogis, uh, and occultists who were uh, capable of great marvels of uh, astral projection. 
and some of them would materialize. Now, uh, if you look in the Bible, uh, Jesus did it. Jesus appeared in astral form to his disciples. Um, now, um, uh, I could... Uh, there were examples of uh, occultists in the 18th century, spirit mediums, who uh, were able to do it. Um, uh, there are examples of people who died and their astral form appeared uh, after death to uh, check on their family before moving on. Um, and, uh, oh my gosh, there's just so many stories. Um, now, I'll tell you a very interesting story that happened to a friend of mine who was very involved in uh, occultic studies and uh, yogic studies. He uh, decided to drop acid while he was uh, involved in uh, uh, some very advanced yogic studies with an occultist. And um, so he was meditating, and he was on the second floor of uh, the room of the house where he lived. And during his uh, meditation where he, he was uh, working on uh, the transference of energy, he was attempting to astrally project while he dropped acid. And according to the people in the room, and they were telling me this with great seriousness, they heard him shout, and they found him unconscious on the floor in the next room. Now, understand, he was on the second floor, and uh, his underarms and arms and elbows were bruised and scraped, he was lying in a puddle of water, and um, the uh, the ceiling above him, the plaster was cracked on the ceiling, and um, he was unconscious, and it took him uh, several hours to wake up, and they were all very puzzled because the last time they saw him, he was upstairs in his room, and he was meditating. So as best as we could put it together – he dematerialized through the ceiling. He he fell through the floor, and he hurt. He bruised he bruised his arms and elbows on his way through the floor because he, he was scraped from below. The bottom parts of his arms, his elbows were bruised. He hit the floor going through, uh, and the water uh, that occurs. This often happens in uh, apportation, spiritual apportation, uh, like when spirits uh, apport an object when it appears because there's uh, water displaced in the atmosphere when an object materializes. When he rematerialized on the other side, he displaced water in the air. It's water vapor. Uh, that often happens uh, when spirits materialize an object like stones. You know, when stones drop from the ceiling uh, or when spirits will uh, apport or teleport an object from one room to the next, they'll, uh, there'll be a puddle of water because when that object uh, appears, it displaces air, and that creates water vapor. Uh, the atmospheric water, uh, atmospheric moisture uh, condenses around the object. So he, during this mixture of dropping acid, meditating, and his own spiritual advancement uh, caused him to drop from the upper story to the second story. I'm convinced. There's no doubt in my mind this is what happened, and I caution him strongly about uh, <laughs> about doing things like dropping acid and uh, and playing with uh, uh, yogic techniques. And in fact, he he stopped doing all of that. He said that he 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 felt like he left his body, that that his consciousness left his body, and he was hovering above himself. And the next thing he knew, he was laying on the floor, and then he passed out. Uh, so these, these sorts of things, uh, if you sit in my chair, you hear stories like this quite a bit. So um, uh, playing with this kind of stuff uh, can be – because I asked, I said, what, what do you think would have happened, uh, Joshua, if you had stopped, if you'd rematerialized halfway through the upper and second story, if your body had solidified halfway through? That your upper your upper part would have been upstairs, your lower part downstairs. What do you think would have happened to you? You know, you would have been bisected. You would have been in a hell of a mess. You know, you would have died. You know, gravity fortunately pulled him all the way through, but 
you see, he did he did uh, suffer some injuries. He had very deep scrapes on his arms. He was partially solid. You know, as he as he passed through, he was rematerializing enough to where he hurt his arms. You know, he could have been beheaded. Uh, I, I was just uh, I got cold sweats hearing this because he he wasn't completely dematerialized. Uh, he dematerialized for a second. And by the time his uh, upper torso was passing through, he was already starting to rematerialize. It was uh, it was scary. It was very scary. Um, so I relate these stories to you, um, and you, you know, you tell stories like this to people, and they go, "Yeah, you know, he he was on acid. He he imagined it. Well, he didn't imagine the injuries. You know, and how do you injure yourself like that? And the, you know, people in the other room, you know, heard him fall. You know, and." Um, and knew he didn't come down the stairs because the stair they'd have to go by them. I mean, well, were they doing astitute? No, no, they weren't. So uh, many instances, uh, uh, this ghost that lives within us, uh, you know, this astral being that lives within us, uh, often um, um, leaves the physical body, and sometimes we don't even know it. So. Um, this uh, ability, this astral projection, is something we, I, I bet, we all do sometimes, and we don't even know it. We may not go very far, or sometimes we actually go very far, and we don't even know it. But if you if you faithfully develop it, um, it's one of the, the simpler forms of psychomancy. Um, it's just a matter of developing it through successive steps. Um, we talked earlier about space psychomancy, um, which is the idea of perceiving far distance, far distant scenes or persons or objects, um, and um, we make this distinction between space psychomancy and astral projection um, because um, you're not really traveling out of your body to see these. Um, these objects, this is more of a uh, type of remote viewing. In astral projection, you're actually uh, traveling to where these uh, scenarios are. You know, it, it'd be like getting in a cab and uh, going to New York and looking at the Empire State Building. But space psychomancy, you're viewing it like you're um, looking at it uh, through a very big telescope or something. The impression is received by means of vibrations or rays uh, projected by the objects themselves um, that are being picked up by your uh, developed astral senses, acting in a very simple manner, like your eyes would. It's just very, uh, it's as if you've developed supervision, but on an astral, um, astral level. Um, so you either uh, get them through the erection of the astral tube or the, um, the actual projection of the consciousness um, uh, through, through the means of the astral body. So um, let's suppose a man on the physical plane with ordinary eyesight, uh, you could see an object maybe a mile away, uh, and he doesn't have any psychomanic powers at all. But let's say he's got really good visual powers, like uh, some hunters do. Uh, might be able to see things that the first man couldn't see. He might be able to see something two miles away. So he might resemble the person who has psychomancy. Then you bring along a third man who's got binoculars, and he could see things that the other two people couldn't see. So he would be practicing space psychomancy. Now let's say you got a fourth man who has a, a, a jetpack, and he could he could uh, use his jetpack to transport himself to um, ten miles away, and he could uh, view those objects uh, at close range that the other guy was seeing through the binoculars. Well, he'd be like the guy that could uh, perform astral travel, and he could see those distant scenes up close and personal at will, without the without needing uh he he don't even he doesn't even need good vision he might have to wear reading glasses and he doesn't have to use the binoculars and uh he could look at the object 
from all sides, from any point of view, and he can get inside of it if he wanted to, see it from the inside and the outside. Um, so you see there are different levels to psychomancy, depending on how much you develop it. Um, so um, we're going to go further into these different levels and uh, go into it, and I'll give you the status report on my on my, uh, my my underground bunker next week, <clears throat> and it should be finished by next week, in fact. And uh, maybe I'll broadcast from my underground bunker and tell you what it's like to live underground. Um, in the Streets of Beverly Smith is coming up after this show, I do believe, and I think uh, Candelo um, – Cambisa has a show tonight. I believe he's got a new underground uh, show of music and other uh, radical uh, hell-raising, as only Candelo can do sometime tonight. Check his website for details. Halloween, uh, isn't this the last... uh, is this the last program of September for me? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, the next program is October 3rd, next Tuesday. And all of October, we will be telling ghost stories and exploring the occult and supernatural world of spirits. I want to try to get some guests on here who um, speak to spirits and talk to spirits and will talk to us about things like ghost hunting and um Exploring the Supernatural. And I want those of you that listen to this show to call us. And the guest number is right there. It's right there in front of you. Uh, the guest call in is 657-383-0525. Then you press 1, and I want you to tell us your ghost stories, your experiences with ghosts. And uh, I'll tell you some of mine. I got plenty of them. And we're going to have some guests. I'm going to try to get some guests who deal with the supernatural and the ghosts. And we'll all just have a great time with it. All four episodes Halloween, we'll be dealing with this. We'll be talking about it. And what to do if you have ghosts in your house. And we'll be talking about the difference between human and inhuman spirits and what to do about them. One thing I want to tell you, don't deal with inhuman spirits on your own. Um, human spirits you can, you might be able to deal with on your own, but don't try to mess with inhuman spirits on your own. Um, they're usually more than you can deal with on your own. Don't you know? They're not going to deal with. You can't go with a smudge with sage and get rid of inhuman spirits. That's ridiculous. You need a pro. You need an exorcist. You need a pro. And I don't care what you know. Uh, Chastity uh, loving fox says on Facebook. You know, crystals and sage is not going to get rid of an inhuman demonic spirit. Um, This is the Reverend John St. Germain signing off. Let's listen to a little music as we we, uh, sign off, and I'll see you next week, and we'll talk about ghosts.